Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this Christmas Eve is written for us in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you like the joy at harvest time, like the celebration when people divide the plunder. For you have shattered the yoke that burdened them. You have broken the bar on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor, as you did in the day of Midian. Every boot that marched in battle and the garments rolled in blood will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The authority to rule will rest on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no limit to his authority and no end to the peace he brings. He will rule on David's throne and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from now on into eternity. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. So far our text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In Christ Jesus, the first and true Christmas gift, dear fellow redeemed. I want a puppy for Christmas. Mom and Dad, I really want a puppy for Christmas. You can imagine how that conversation is go would go. Maybe you've had it as a child or as a parent. That cute and cuddly puppy, there's a lot more to it. Maybe the parent would point out, well, a puppy needs food and water. It needs to be cleaned. It needs to walk. A puppy is a lot of responsibility. In fact, in the parent's mind, puppy and responsibility probably go hand in hand. There's a deeper look to that gift of the puppy. Some people maybe treat Jesus' birth like they would a puppy. Oh, it's so cute and cuddly, and it's so, so neat to see him lying there in the manger, and what an incredible story. This young woman gave birth in a stable. His first bed is a manger, surrounded by all the animals. Oh, it's so cute. But a deeper look. A deeper look demands that we recognize a lot more going on than what's on the surface. That to us, a son has been given. That we should behold him as king and receive the peace of his kingdom. That's no puppy that was lying in the manger. In fact, 
That was the lion of the tribe of Judah. When we look at Jesus and this son that Isaiah speaks about, notice what Isaiah says. It says that authority will be on his shoulders, that there will be no limit to it. And Isaiah calls him wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That baby born in the manger, he's your king. He's the one that created you, that created all things. He's the one that owns everything that you possess and use. To approach the manger is to behold your king. Bow before him. Fall on your knees and adore your king. Living in a democracy, we really struggle to wrap our minds around this idea of a kingship of a monarchy. Ancient kings pretty much owned their people. The members of their kingdom owned the, owed them allegiance. It was expected. It was demanded. It was taken for granted. If Jesus is your king, or maybe better, since Jesus is your king, you owe him allegiance. You owe him your life. In the last couple of weeks, I've noticed on, on Twitter a number of posts about people giving their life to Christ. And I understand the sentiment and the thoughts in connection with it. But it really is a misunderstanding. Whether you acknowledge it or not, your life is Christ. He is your king. You can't give to someone something that they already possess. Your life is Christ. You owe him allegiance. See, there's a much deeper, much more serious aspect to Christmas. And that is, it's the birth of your king, your heavenly king, whose kingdom, Isaiah tells us, is into eternity. Jesus' kingdom is an eternal one. That means it's here in time and hereafter in eternity. Jesus rules forever. And so what about your allegiance to this king? How are you serving him? What's getting in your way? Let's face it, there's a lot of distractions in our earthly lives that we think little of our allegiance to Jesus. Even at Christmas time with all of the wonderful gifts and sharing time with family and, and wonderful presents that we get, we can be so focused on that. 
that we lose priority. We lose sight of who's really important and what we owe him. To ponder the manger is to ponder your relationship with your king and to make him first in your life. Christmas is serious because it's about your relationship with God, with your King. Of the titles that Isaiah gave this son given to us, the most comforting is Prince of Peace. That title tells us the type of kingdom that Jesus establishes. Again, with our living in our modern democracy, we probably don't get the connection between the king and the kingdom. The welfare of the kingdom was directly affected by the type of king that served. A tyrant and a bad king, a foolish king, caused the kingdom to suffer and its citizens to suffer. But Isaiah tells us that this son given to us, he establishes a kingdom of peace. Notice the first part of our text. It says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you like the joy at harvest time, like the celebration when people divide the plunder. For you have shattered the yoke that burdened them. You have broken the bar on their shoulders and the rod of their oppressor, as you did in the day of Midian. These words, this coming of the, the sun, are all in the language of hope. Life in the midst of death. Joy in the midst of sorrow. Freedom in the midst of oppression. Peace and hope. That's what Christ's kingdom brings. Peace, peace especially between man and God. This Prince of Peace was spoken of by Paul in his letter to the Colossians. He said, For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, in Jesus, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, whether things on earth or in heaven, by make, making peace through the blood of His cross. That baby born in Bethlehem and laid in the manger. Your king. He was born to bear your guilt. He was born to suffer and die in payment for your sins. So that whatever you have done that justly deserve God's wrath. Whatever you have done that has broken your relationship with God, whatever stood between you and God, 
has been removed. This Prince of Peace has paid the price so that your sins are forgiven. Your relationship with God is repaired so that now God loves you. God promises to be with you as you walk through this valley of the shadow of death. God promises you that there's a place in heaven just for you. That's the peace that this son that was given to us brings. And that's the peace that God wants you to possess. So your sins are forgiven. And you are God's child. As you walk through this shadow of the the valley of the shadow of death, your king is with you every step of the way. And he promises that he's even going to turn evil into a blessing for you. Nothing harmful will touch you. so that your life will be blessed. And He's going to get you safely to heaven. We will often say as we go through difficulties, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And what we're saying is that I know it's tough right now, but I can see the end, and so I'm going to keep pushing through. Because of the Prince of Peace, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Heaven waits for you. And so as your king escorts you through this valley, you can see the light. You can see what waits for you. And Jesus has made heaven yours Whatever it costs, whatever it would require, Jesus has done for you. Heaven is God's free gift to you. So there's the light. You can push on. You can walk with the sure hope that this prince, our king, gives us. Because we know our sins are forgiven. We know God loves us here in time. And we know that He's going to love us for eternity in heaven. So that's the peace that Jesus wants you to have. And that's the peace that He wants to overflow to the people around you. Really, when we're exchanging gifts at Christmas... It's a picture of that great exchange that God has given for us. Our love for God overflows to the people around us. What a shame it is when in the exchanging of gifts, we lose sight of what they symbolize. They symbolize what God has given to us. So let us exchange gifts. Let us share the peace that we have because God gave us Jesus. So that we can walk together at peace 
all the way to heaven. So it's a lot to a puppy. And there's a lot to that cute baby that laid in a manger. Yeah, you can take the surface level. You can see it as a cute story. But there's so much more happening there. Your king was born. Your king was born so that he could be the prince of peace for you. So behold your king and receive his peace. May God bless you then with a truly blessed Christmas in his peace. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.